You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. In my former days, I was a king. But now I look forward to the future. As I send you crying down that road of Nakasuzo. Eye patch wearing, nefariously daring, notorious, much more than glorious. Forever clotheslining like a minibus with a surplus of energy for all my enemies. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. The music of Rocky Romero, Nakazuzu Road. They're bringing us into this segment. The reason we had that music is because Rocky will be joining us very, very shortly. Before that, though, I introduce my co-hosts, Welshi and Lyle. Hello, boys. Very g'day, Tony. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, Welshi. Lyle, yourself? Uh, can't complain, mate. Still, in, uh, still enjoying this lockdown as much as we can, I guess. Yeah. How about yourself? Oh, yeah, no. Back to oh, school well, next week. So Tony and I that. are enjoying it because we don't have to see you, Lyle, in person. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. I'm, I'm wondering whether you just close the studio down, Tony, and we just run it like this once we get up. Well, legally, we can record in studio now. Yeah, well, we can. That's right. You can come over as uh, visitors. But let's not. I prefer this. Yeah, yeah. Good idea. I wouldn't uh, want to be sitting in front of you while you're eating. No, exactly. Uh, Ryan no, Eagles last no, trust week. Trust me, this is much worse. Watching him eat on camera is much worse than seeing him eat in person. I was hungry. Uh, Ryan Eagles last week, gentlemen, was a, a fantastic interview. A lot of great response from uh, from the putters out there. Yeah, definitely got the uh, the Twitter world talking. That's for sure. A lot of people want to see him uh, see him come back in the ring. Uh, Oh, whenever wrestling comes back, I guess, in Australia. So that's got a lot of people talking. So yeah. mm. it was very good. Moshi? What? Ryan Eagles. Yeah, Lyle already answered the question. Oh, so you don't want to say anything? <laughs> no, I really enjoyed talking to Ryan Eagles. He was uh, a lot of fun. I'd love to have a beer with him. You'd like to yeah, go to dinner with him? I'd like to have a beer with him. A beer. But I'm not that fussy about who I have beers with, let's face it. Mm, yeah, well, at this stage, uh, just a pub to be open so we could have a beer with a stranger would be okay. Well, you don't drink beer. Uh, beer, you know, soft drink, it's all the same, isn't it? <laughs> it's a social thing. How do you have a drink with a social drink? Yes. Yes. Which pub would we have the beer in? The separate pubs, I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> Can we... We still Zoom each other from different pubs, though. Yeah. Is that what we do? No. Okay. Depends on if Tony sent us the right link or not. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's going to be longer? Lucas, Daniel, uh, title reign, Tony, or him waiting for this link? Uh, possibly, yes. Him joining us for this uh, meeting. We will catch up with Lucas Daniels a little bit later on the show, but right now, let's head to our special guest. 
All right, boys, gives us great pleasure to introduce our guest this week. He is a man that has wrestled a fair bit around the world, predominantly over in Japan with New Japan Wrestling. His name is Rocky Romero, and we say good day to him. Hey, Rocky, how are you? I am doing all right. You know, I mean, it's a strange world that we're living in right now, uh, but it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm keeping busy, that's for sure. Excellent. You joined us from LA. Uh, we know what the situation with COVID-19 has been like over here in Australia. Uh, what's it like over there in LA? Are you starting to get a little bit more freedom? Uh, yeah, you know, they, they just started or they're about to start what they're calling phase one, and that's a opening of like some retail shops. But just for like, basically you call in and you can pick it up and somebody will drop it into your trunk or the boot of your car. And, uh, and then I don't, you guys don't use a uh, trunk. Do you? you guys use boot? Yeah, boot. You use boot. <laughs> well, there. Yeah, okay, good. I, I, uh, I thought about it as I was, it was coming out. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, um, but yeah, so yeah, they'll drop it in the boot of your car and then uh, you can go on your merry way. And I think the next uh, couple of phases will be some restaurants opening with some limited, you know, uh, customers coming in so uh, you know we're, we're not quite there yet we, we still have quite a bit of cases in LA County so they're being really cautious about it yeah they said to us that our restaurants can open but they can only have 10 people and restaurants mm. are like well, what's the point <laughs> we can't make money with 10 people <laughs> <laughs> just continue with the takeaway and it's fine right right and I, I think that's been fine to be honest I mean I haven't had the desire to eat at a restaurant yet to be honest I, I'm, I'm actually somewhat of a homebody when I'm home. So I'm okay with eating takeout and just chilling, to be honest. That's the thing. You spend so much time um, traveling and especially in Japan, um, you must be eating out a a lot when you're, um, when you're on tour. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely am. I mean, this has really been the longest layoff at home uh, collectively, like with no wrestling going on probably since 2005 when I got a shoulder injury and was out for like three months or so. So this is kind of crazy for me. This is like very strange, but um, you know, it has its ups and downs. It has good parts and bad parts, you know, like the good part being I get to be home, uh, not traveling at all, you know, not getting on a plane, not sleeping in some foreign, uh, you know, a hotel room. Uh, my wife is here, my dogs, I'm here with them every day. And that's been like, I'm so grateful to have that. Uh, but, you know, obviously, you know, there's a bit of the beginning of this thing. I was doing great. I was like thriving. I was working out really hard. I was like, yeah, we're going to, pro- you know, there's a chance we might do the super junior. I'm going to be in shape, eating great. And then now it's like the second month or whatever. And I'm like, all that went out the fucking window. Yeah. Give me a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, give me a cheeseburger. Give me fries. I have no idea when I'm going to wrestle again. I don't care. <laughs> Must be good for the body though. Yeah. Uh, no, break. Definitely good for the body. Uh, like I feel really good. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm working out. Uh, not as much as I was in the beginning, but just enough now. And I'm probably going to get back into it pretty hard and start dieting uh, just to have something to do. I feel like, um, and, uh, but yeah, no, I feel good. My, my neck feels good. My, my back feels good. You know, any, any little nagging injuries that I had gone. So, so that's kind of the good part, I guess, too. How how long will it take the uh, body to, uh, get back into the, the ring shape and, getting used to the bumps again for such a long layoff? That's a good question. You know, uh, 
you know, for, I don't know. I, I really, I'm not, I'm not going to know how, how I feel until I actually get in there. The good thing is, is, you know, we have a dojo here, uh, just, it's like 30 minutes from my house. So, um, I'm probably going to start going in there. I mean, cause it's a private gym, you know, there's, it's not, it's being used by probably three people, you know? So, uh, so everybody wipes everything down. They take good care of it. So there's, you know, really, so I'm going to probably start, uh, getting in there more as things kind of open up a bit and I'm going to start bumping around and hitting the ropes and doing a little wrestling, you know, maybe some of the young lions. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But, uh, but yeah, that'll be a good test. I'll let you know. Cause I'm sure I'm going to be like the, the, thing I'm worried about the most is I'm gonna ha- not going to have any wind. I'm going to be like <gasps> sucking air like crazy. Like, cause it's just a different type of, uh, you know, endurance, you know, for wrestling than, you know, and you can jump around and do some things and CrossFit and, you know, that stuff helps in the long part of the gas tank, but there's nothing like hitting the mat, getting all the wind knocked out of you and then trying to breathe and do that, you know, 14 times in a, in a 10 minute period, you know? So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Especially with tournament wrestling, um, with a tournament like Best of the Super Juniors, where you're having what t- 10 years ago would be like match of the night on any card 14, 15 times um, in succession. Yeah. Um, you know, in the beginning, is always really rough for me to start the tour uh, just because, of the, you know, usually coming off of some kind of, you know, two weeks or three weeks kind of layoff. And even if you're working out really hard, like I said, just that first night with the nerves, getting back into the groove, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm personally not used to wrestling singles matches all the time. You know, we do a lot of tags. So when you, when you get thrown in and you're doing these, uh, these tournaments, it's like the first couple of days are a little like, Oh, for me. And I, you know, I often feel like my performances are not very good. But it also kind of like gets me in the mindset because now I'm like really hard on myself about getting into the groove. And then usually by the like third or fourth match, I'm like completely in the groove. And then it's like smooth sailing from there for the rest of the tour um, in those kind of league situations. Uh, But yeah, I always struggle in the first or second match, even in regular tours too, even if it's tags. And what what was it like the the previous Super Juniors? You had some some amazing matches, you know, El Fantasma, you know, the Will Ospreay match, obviously. And, you know, yeah. getting to main event, uh, Corrigan Hall as a singles wrestler must have been amazing as well. Mind-blowing for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I've talked about it a couple times, but I really feel that when they announced the, uh, you know, who was going to be in the Super Junior, it was like, yay, Osprey, Oh, Bandito, yay. Marty's coming back, yay. And then they're like, Rocky, wait, what? You know, like, <laughs> I think people wanted, like, somebody amazing, you know, Darby Allen or somebody, you know, really that's hot and cool, you know, and, uh, you know, and I think that people are like, is for, for a lot of people, they just thought that I was a commentator or a manager too. So they, they didn't even realize that I was an actual wrestler. So I think they were kind of like confused for a bit for like the newer fans. Uh, and then, you know, some of the older fans were like, Oh, this could be really cool actually. And those are the ones that kind of stuck, stuck by me and that kind of like the really hardcore new Japan fans. And then I, I feel like I turned it all around and it became a story within the tournament of, you know, I mean, this was a challenge. I hadn't been in the super junior for like three years or whatever it was. And uh, so it, personally I was feeling like, I don't fucking know if I can do this. Like it's, it's been a long time and, and to wrestle like 
guys like Osprey who, who, you know, are incredible athletes and go 155 miles an hour. And I'm not like old, old, you know, but I'm on the older side of the, the generational, you know, pull in within the, the juniors. And, uh, you know, I'm 37 and, and I'm, I'm like, uh, these, all these guys are like 23, 24. Osprey's like, I think 25 or 26, but I mean, he's in the, he's in peak, you know, of his career at this moment. So. I don't know. That that was a, a struggle for me a bit mentally, but it also tried to use that as the motivation as well to really, you know, get my mind right, you know, and I was working hard in the gym preparing. I, I started like three months early. I started basically in my own little camp to get into shape because I didn't want uh I don't wanna I don't wanna be the like the shittiest guy in there. So uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah, and then you know when that when people started hating a bit, then I, I kind of used that fuel a little bit more and then that that really became something that i was vocal about and i, I was able to like find the center you know center myself and, and being like okay cool this is what i'm why i'm going to do this and this is how hard i'm going to go and i'm going to show everybody and i think it really came out uh with the osprey match obviously with the lp match and i think i, I had a really good super junior just all together uh, you know, some, some matches i you know never wrestling guys in singles matches you know is always kind of a weird thing and uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, I would have gave myself like a B plus if I had to grade myself. <laughs> you, you mentioned that you're 37. So um, obviously one of the um, more experienced guys going around in New Japan, especially in the super juniors. Um, how important has it been to diversify yourself as um, you're getting closer to the end of the career than you are at the beginning? Uh, extremely important. Uh, uh, for multiple, multiple reasons, I would say too, because a, uh, just the grind of doing the same thing, right? Like, like just, you know, being a wrestler, I feel like for me, that's not a, in the beginning it was, it was everything, but now as I've gotten older and my tastes have changed and I've grown as a man and, uh, you know, and a husband, like I'm just into different stuff, you know, and I, and I, but I, and I like challenges. Right. And the wrestling has always been a challenge. Um, but I kind of feel like I've done a lot of it, you know, I've done enough of it maybe. So, so it's hard to find those challenges for me at this point. So kind of like taking on other roles. So like when the company was like, do you want to commentate for the G1? I was like, have you heard me speak? I shouldn't, but yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that was like the new challenge for me. And, you know, thank God I had Kevin Kelly to hold my hand, uh, you know, through it. And he's just the best of the best, I think. And uh, so he was able to help me and, and kind of get my feet wet. And, you know, he knows how to, you know, basically direct me when we're in there. And uh, so I think I've really grown in that aspect as being a commentator. Um, and then also, you know, being a man in a manager role and kind of helping with show and yo and kind of, cause in the beginning, you know, it was like, Oh, they're going to come back, but they had no idea. And, and the conversations that I had were stressful to me. Cause I was like, guys, it, this is your, what do you guys want to do? You guys are, have to create a package, like you create this brand new characters. You guys are coming back. This is a big moment. And uh, they were just like, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, I'm like, the fuck? so basically I was like, if you trust me, I'll come up with something and I'll, I'll come up with a whole package for you guys. And that, that'll be my thing. I'll, I'll do it. The music, the, the look, the colors, they were like, okay, let us know. And then, and then we'll give you like a little, like, in, like insight on it after. 
And I basically ended up coming with the whole fucking thing. And they, they, they were just like, that's good. Let's do it. You know? And then now they've kind of like taken it and added their own little personal flavor into it, you know, and their own personal personalities because that, you know, they've grown too as men, you know? So like now they're able to do that. And now I just step back and they just do what, you know, their thing. But in the beginning, that was a that was a crazy challenge. I never managed anybody, so I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I just like a Bobby Heenan, trying to crack <laughs> jokes, and you know. But uh, I I don't know. I just uh, I I did find it fun to kind of be the packaging around you know these these characters. So I, I thought that was cool. Um, so yeah, I mean now that's extremely important for me to uh, kind of di- diversify. You know everything that I'm doing, whether it be music or wrestling or acting or whatever, um, you know, uh, podcasts, you know, I, I kind of like to keep myself busy. And that's why I've been using this time to really keep busy. Like I basically feel like I have a, a, a full-time job, even though I'm not wrestling. Like I wake up in the morning, I'm doing, I'm working on the talking shop podcast for a little bit in the morning working on the Patreon and I'll go and I'll work on my own stuff. Um, you know, whether it's merchandise stuff or music or whatever, and basically all day, my wife is like you're working way harder than you, you were working when you were wrestling. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So, so I mean, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm having fun though. It's all fun to me in the end. Can you be a little bit nicer to my close personal friend, Gino Gambino though? now gino's gino's man gino has really grown on me as a commentator uh, and color commentator i know we we go back and forth uh during the uh the uh the broadcast but he's uh he's a good dude i know he's a good dude and he uh he's a talented dude he's a talented dude you know and i i think uh you know i think Australia knows how talented he is, but I, I hope one day the rest of the world will, will get to know how talented Gino Gambino actually is. He's a funny what man. If, what if he starts funny. managing his own uh, tag team and starts releasing rap albums? Is that going to be an issue? <laughs> I have a feeling like he might be better than me if he does that. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, you spoke about the show and yo package that you put together including an absolute banger of a theme song. One of the best, one of my favorites in wrestling. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I just knew, so I, I was, it was funny because the other day somebody was, uh, was tweeting that I guess yo did, you know, that we did like a chaos round table, but all the Japanese guys, uh, members of chaos. And uh, he said something about wh- why did you guys have these colors, the gold and the silver? And that, and my inspiration for that was Daft Punk, right? So I, I basically was like, oh, look how cool these guys look. There's gold and silver. They they really stand out. Um, nobody's really using those colors the way that we would use them. So basically, that was the inspiration. Took that and was like, this is this is how I think you guys should look. And then so then it was like, a, obviously they're going to be baby faces. Girls are going to love them. They're in incredible shape. Uh, you know, they look like uh, Japanese idols, like the singers and uh, like j-pop stars yeah yeah pop stars so i was like why don't we kind of put that together so we're gonna need something like really up tempo and fun and uh you know i i just i didn't feel like i could leave it up to anybody else to really kind of like put out what i wanted it to be so i came up with a song and they're not into rap music or anything they're like into like heavy rock and stuff and, and like pop punk and stuff like that. So um, 
I was, I had kind of like sell it to them, but they're like, no, we think it's catchy though. We think it's really catchy. We listened to it like four times. It's super catchy. I was like, well, that's all it needs to be. You know, we really just needed people to get behind the part that people are saying, Rapungi, Rapungi. and then we just need to, and then I'm just going to repeat myself over and over because I want it to feel like a chant. That's what wrestling is, right? It's chants and things that you do over and over again. And people uh, remember them and they get used to them. They want to say them with you. So let's just do that. It'll be three and a half minutes of that and we're like cool so we did it and yeah it's been extremely successful in 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 helping to market you know show and yo i think you know rocky can i take you back to your early days in mexico and how much that shaped your wrestling style yeah um so i start starting in los angeles i started at uh at a place called School of Hard Knocks uh, with Jesse Hernandez, Bill Anderson uh, of Empire Wrestling Federation at that time. Um, and so being in LA, there's always been a kind of lucha influence because, you know, since the old days, 60s, 70s, there's always been, you know, wrestlers that come up from Mexico and they wrestle, you know, in the Grand, in the Grand Olympic Auditorium or yada, yada, yada. So there's always that that uh, heavy lucha influence that was around. So when I started wrestling, it was American style with a lucha kind of influence, you know? So uh, I've never been afraid to use that in my repertoire. Then obviously when I joined the dojo, New Japan dojo, then I, st I started to get heavier into like strikes and submissions and kind of more like that hard kind of Japanese MMA style that was kind of influenced. So then when I went to Mexico, I kind of tried to blend all three styles together a little bit more. So to do some flying, the things that I was really good at. So do some, cause I'm not going to be able to do it better than, you know, Ray Mysterio, you know, cause yeah. he, he's going to, he's going to fly better than anybody. Right. So, so, okay. So I'm just going to take a couple things I'm really good at, but then in Mexico, I'm going to also go really hard on the Japanese and the American influence so that I can stand out. So um, I started doing that, but in Mexico, I was training all the time with, ne with Negro Casas and for, and just wrestling with other guys, you start to pick up little moves and little things that, that you didn't, that you think are really cool. So then I would start adding those things, stuff that El Santo would do or, or Blue Demon, start adding those into the repertoire and then taking them and using them primarily outside of Mexico. So they, that make me unique, you know? So and as, as a wrestler, do you prefer Lucha or Unmasked? Cause you had such a, a successful period as Black Tiger. It's a good question. I mean, I prefer without the mask because I like to use my face, you know, more. And because uh, you're a handsome guy, I'm a handsome oh. dude, you know, and I want, you know, that always helps. And humble, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> humble brag. And uh, so, yeah, I, I I prefer without a mask because more. But obviously, Black Tiger was a super important part in in my career and and who I am today and what you know why I've been able to have such a long career, um, and you look at the people who don that mask, you know, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Silver King, Mark Rollerball Rocco. I mean, those are guys, legends, you know? So I, I think it's cool that to be a part of that lineage, you know? Yeah. The lineage of the masks in Japan is almost more important than any title lineage. Mm. Mm, well, there's a couple, right. That are like super important, right? Like, like a Sasuke, like a Liger. Um, obviously I guess worldwide they are, they are pretty important, 
But I, I think, though, when you talk about championships, I feel like the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is really like the premier championship because it's, it's always been like, this is a big deal. This is not secondary to anything else. There's not a cage match or some other bullshit that's going to be on or, you know, bra and panties match that we're going to put on that just to, because that's, and it's like, no, this is what everybody, this is the goal, what everybody's trying to get to. I mean, if this is a, anything close to being a sport or this is a sport, what is the highest honor, right? Everybody wants to be the champion. Everybody's going for the goal. I mean, that should be 101 textbook 101. So I, 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 I think, yes, some of the mass lineages are, are super important, but I, I still feel like uh, titles are extremely important as well. Yeah, maybe not the US title in the WWE, but other titles, yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but wrestling and music, what's the, there must be some parallels between the two, uh, you know, writing a really good song, putting together a really good story or match. There must be some similarities. Am I in? You lost you late? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I lost you there for a second. Sorry about oh, that. Sorry. Um, just with uh, wrestling and music, there must be a lot of similarities um, in putting together, you know, the flow and story of a song and same with matches and storylines in wrestling. No, absolutely. Um, I think for, for one thing is the reaction. So, you know, having a match and having a really good match and, the reaction that you get from the crowd and the moments that you create in there uh, obviously are the best feeling of all time and the most important thing as a performer. Um, so to do that in a, on something that, you know, you're kind of like for me, I'm creating in my bedroom or, you know, my living room and then kind of putting it out into the world and then not knowing, not having the experience or really the following or anything like that and not knowing like, okay, I'm going to put this out there some people are going to really like shit on this. And some people are going to be like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And some people are like, Oh, stick to wrestling, you know? So, I mean, like there, there's like a little bit of that. Um, but I, I, I like that kind of energy cause like not knowing and the chat, like I said, the challenge of it, uh, of things are, are, are always fun to me. Uh, so I don't know. I, I try to use that to, to create music, but yeah, flow up and down rhythm. Uh, Antonio Inoki once said to me in the dojo, uh, back in the day, uh, he would tell us that wrestling is similar to music, right? So there's crescendos, there's ups, there's downs, right? So if you're going to have a really good match and you're going you're to need to create that same uh, environment as, as you would listening to a song, you know, some songs are going to be hard, fast, in your face, quick. Maybe they're only going to be a minute and a half because, you know, whatever the the crescendo was there you climaxed as hard you know as high as it could go and then that was it uh you know maybe it'll be something left to be desired so people will come back next week so i mean there's really i think like you said there's so many parallels to music and 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 songs uh as as there is to storytelling in, in professional wrestling as well yeah what was the catalyst for you um dipping your toe in and releasing that first album well, I did. So I was teaming with, uh, with Trent Beretta and we had made, uh, well, I had made the uh, Rapungi Vice theme, which 
I feel like is still pretty fucking awesome and uh, people seem to enjoy it. Uh, and um, I had created that. So, so I put that out and people, people liked it. You know, that was like the first thing that I felt like really good about that I had put out and that people actually enjoyed. Like people would come up to me and be like, Hey, the Rapungi Vice song, I love it. And they would start rapping the words to me, which I thought was like, that's never happened to me. You know? So I like, Oh, this is really cool. I was like, I, I wonder if I could do like a whole mixtape or album and then put the song in there and then maybe I can do, you know, maybe I can do like nine, 10 songs and maybe people will dig it. They didn't dig it as much as they dug the, you know, <laughs> the Rapungi Vice song. But, uh, but I think it was, it was a good experience of like uh, trying to write it like an album from beginning to end. And, you know, like, I, I, you know, I, I came up when albums were still important, right? You like, you just didn't create songs and then like, you just put a song out every, you know, three months or whatever, like crafting an album, coming up with the beginning, you know, the intro of it, the middle part of where it's going to go. And then the final, like the ending and like the story that you're going to tell through all 10 tracks, you know, or whatever it is. So I, I thought, I thought that was cool. And I, and that's like wrestling right i mean like in so many ways it's like a match the opening the middle uh where you're going to take the audience the ups and the downs and then finally giving them uh you know a good finish um so i i tried to apply that to the album and i i thought that i did a pretty good job of that so and it was a cool experience so then i thought it actually did okay like as a whole of an album so i was like i might as well do it again that album didn't do as good as that one because, and also I realized like, I didn't really have a track that was like promoting it. Like Rapunzel Vice, the yeah. track was like the single, you know? So like I was promoting it every week on television, you know? So we didn't, I didn't really have that for the, for the second one. So uh, it, it didn't do as well and the reception wasn't as good. But then when I did the last one, uh, Sneaky Style, I, I tried to take, all that I learned from those and how I promoted and how the things I did and, and try to combine it in one album. And I, and I thought that was, that, that did very well. So that, that was like another thing. And then that time I used uh, the Rapungi 3k theme as the single. I used my own uh, theme music as a single. And then I did a couple of other like uh, collaborations, like with Cole Cabana and use that as a single. So like fun stuff like that, you know? So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not obviously uh musician or a music person really i mean this is really more of a hobby but i have fun with it and uh you know i have my successes here and there that i think are successes and uh, just keep rolling with the punches now i'm a 52 year old white guy rocky so my understanding of rap isn't absolutely fantastic <laughs> what i do know though is rappers always try to draw on their their life experiences in regards mm -hmm. to how they do their songs as you are predominantly known and better known as a wrestler have you tried to draw from your experiences as a wrestler in regards yes. to the wording of your songs. I, I, and I heard one Absolutely. song, I think it was Nakasuza Road, where there yep. was references to clotheslines and all that sort of stuff. Right, right. So, yeah, so that's my theme song, my, my singles theme song. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I basically, I, I'm doing a subgenre that, that I refer to as wrestle rap, you know, so because it, it's really rap music made for wrestling fans who are already kind of following the trends of wrestling and uh what I've, I've kind of found out too is like a lot of people will listen to the albums before they go to shows so like they're in the car with their friends yeah they're like play that you know and they're switching around from music and music you know because i used to do that too with like those old wwf uh what is it like jack <laughs> series or yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah when they you know so like they had like 
Undertaker's theme and Razor Ramon's theme. And on the way to go watch, you know, whenever WWE was in town at WWF at the time, we would play that, you know, be like, you know, whoever's dad was driving us, be like, yo, throw that on. And we would get pumped. So I was like, okay, cool. This is something that people could use to get ready for, uh, for the shows, kind of get pumped, get in the mood. And, uh, so that, yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I often, almost every time try to make, uh, at least one track that's not wrestling related. Uh, and they, but the rest of like eight or nine tracks, I try to make them all wrestling related. I did one called T-shirt trap. So instead of like <laughs> selling drugs, I'm selling T-shirts. You know, so cause, you know, so because like eighty percent of rap music is seems to be about selling drugs. So I thought just take those references and and kind of spoof it and then turn it into, uh, you know, uh, re- you know, selling T-shirts, which wrestlers do. <laughs> wrestlers do getting well. your getting your personality into the songs as well, which is super important. Yeah, as well, as well. So, it, like, like it's just been a great, like, medium and way to express myself not physically, you know? So, which is kind of cool, I, I, I think, and, and it's always fun for me. Um, this latest song, Someday, that, that comes out on May 22nd, um, is not a wrestling song at all. So, so which is, uh, so this is, like, kind of my first venture in trying to do something that uh, will appeal to a different audience, not my normal wrestling audience. Um, and that's why I'm working with uh, Glass, who's a producer out of, out of Australia, Tasmania. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm taking a chance out there to hopefully try to, try to do something a little different, especially during this time. And it's kind of the song is kind of a, uh, not a, a complete reflection of kind of what people are going through right now, uh, in, in so much in the words, but I think in the feeling and the groove there it, it is, you know, without being like somber and like, Oh, you know, about it, you know? So, um, yeah. So I don't know. So this is my, uh, this is my, my go at it. We'll see. How did, um, the collaboration, uh, with your Australian connection glass come about? So, uh, through, a, through a rapper named Kensei Abbott, he, he kind of like linked us up they actually made a song called, which they entitled New Japan, right? So they, they, and they, they sent it to me like right off the beginning. I was like, oh, this is really, really cool. This is a good song. And then, uh, so that kind of turned into like, would you guys, would you want to do the, uh, the remix and add a verse to it? So I did. And then that kind of turned into like, hey man, I have, Glass told me, I was like, hey dude, I got all these beats. Do you want to take a look at some? Maybe you want to use one for one of your projects. So. And then like I started playing his beats and I was like, Oh, these are so good. These are way better than mine. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, so I was, and I never really rapped to other people's beats. I never really did that. Cause I always made my own, you know? So he was kind of the first person that I started rapping to another person's beats. So, and, and I feel like I'm actually making better songs, not using my own beats, which is great. So I, uh, so I, I jumped on a couple of songs and like sent it to him. He's like, these are, dude, these are awesome. This is like, fucking cool as hell so uh he's like do you want to just do an ep and i was like let's do it you know i mean right now is the perfect time so uh so i wrote like three or four songs in like that first week and then uh, now we've just been kind of polishing them up and some days like is uh the second song i wrote and then uh from from that set of of songs and uh we got another one uh with trey miguel that's going to be coming out trey miguel of impact he'll be on one because he's actually a really a really good rapper much better than me so uh we're gonna have him featured on one and uh i don't know i'm I'm super excited for it 
you know, this, this first one is just kind of a taste of that, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to work with Glass. He's super, super talented producer. And, uh, you know, I, I want, I hope that he'll get more exposure out of this as well, you know, and, and, and just in the States and the UK and I hope hip hop fans will, will really take a, take a liking to his stuff and, uh, you know, really get him a, a bigger following outside of Australia. I'd like to see a duet maybe with John Cena down the track. <laughs> Anything is possible, my friend. <laughs> He's just down the road nowadays for me. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Wrestling well, um, Twitter versus hip hop Twitter. <laughs> That's a tough one. Both are probably the hardest mediums, I think, like Twitter wise, right? But and I think, with Star Wars, probably the other one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say, though, hip hop is probably the most ruthless. I would say, because they don't give a fuck, those fans. <laughs> they don't like something. I mean, like, I feel like, like for the most part, wrestling fans are are kind of like they'll tell you when they want to put you in place but like they're they're not like fuck you blah blah you know what i'm saying <laughs> but hip hop fans will be like they'll say shit about your mom and your grandma and shit <laughs> like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, yeah, yeah you've um yeah uh just speaking about australia you've uh been here recently in the last few years what was it like um wrestling in uh festival hall which is a you know the history of that building for australia wrestling that's great is man you you say that and uh and literally the hairs on the back of my neck just stood up because uh you know that it wasn't a place that i knew about until i got to australia and then was you know and they were like oh we're gonna wrestle in festival hall and everybody's like you don't let me tell you the history of Fest festival hall and uh, for, you know, for the, for the fans who are listening to this podcast outside of Australia, I mean, this is like in Melbourne, this is the place, right? Beatles played there. Yeah. I mean, name a band, name any band or any musician or anybody who's ever done anything and done anything important. And then Rocky Romero gets to wrestle there. So it's like, it's like, you know, it's the it, incredible. So like walking out on the stage and uh, I was talking with Juice, and we we're like, "Dude, this is the that's our so our favorite band. Myself and Juice Robinson's favorite band of all time is the Beatles. So we're like, we're going crazy. We're like, whoa, you know, like obviously it's probably not the exact stage, but it, you know, similar. And we're like, this is exactly where like John and Paul were fucking playing. And they're like, we're just like geeking out, you know. Um, so extremely cool, extremely cool, and uh, and still something." that uh is important to me and I'll, I'll never forget and uh and it's like a sweet place for wrestling like built perfectly i think for wrestling the fans that show up killer you got those two big sides that open mm. up i mean ah i love that place i love that place and something about those older buildings and it's in like in japan too like cork and all has been you know that's kind of an older building something about them that I don't know. They're just made acoustic wise. They're made like perfectly. I don't know. And there's a certain vibe to them. And that's not like they don't need to be pretty or anything. They just have like, I don't know. They're like centered. They have some heart and soul to it. You know, that, that really, uh, I don't know. Mo like most arenas don't have. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know? Yeah, they have a personality. They definitely have a personality, yeah. Rocky, we thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Uh, We're looking forward to the new single, Someday, coming out. Of course, it does feature, as you said, an Australian... Uh, producer and also that single uh, with you, Glass. So we look forward to hearing that and uh, also the new album, Sneaky Style. Thanks for your time. And we look forward to the seeing old you at a... Old, old album, album, Sneaky Style. Yeah, you can the check that out. Album. Yep. But we look check forward it out. to seeing yeah, you at good. a ring soon enough. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. You know, uh, I'm sh- New Japan will be back as soon as, uh, as, soon as we can, you know. Um, th- there's obviously Harold uh, May, our CEO and president, put out a great statement just a couple of days ago. And I'm super proud of the way new Japan has handled themselves during this time. Uh, and, and the, you know, he I think he said it the best, you know, we'll return when we feel that, uh, you know, it's safe for our staff and most importantly, our wrestlers uh, to go out there and do their jobs and, and the fans as well. So w- when, when we're able to do that, you know, whether it's empty arena matches at first, just to get started, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, we'll be back and we'll be stronger than ever. I can't thank New Japan fans worldwide enough for continuing to support and, you know, buying merchandise and, and also, um, you know, staying subscribed to New Japan World. All of us, we've been working our asses off to create content and do things to keep everybody engaged and, you know, put a smile on people's faces because this is a rough time for, for everybody around the world. So, um, you know, I, I just want to thank all the fans who, who have really stuck by us. appreciate you all. And we'll be back. And we're going to be back to Australia sooner than you know it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully by next summer, it would be great. Rocky Ramiro Jordan is here on the Turnbuckle. Hey there, Turnbucklers. It's David Griffiths here. You might know me as one of the guys from the No Holds Barred Wrestling Show. But what you may not know is that I'm also one of the hosts of a Melbourne podcast called The Cool Room. On The Cool Room, we discuss craft beer, the great pubs and bars of Melbourne and the world, as well as the ever-evolving story of my attempts to run a successful pub. Each episode, we chat with a different brewer, publican, or just someone with a cool take on the Melbourne hospo life. Just think of it as the Firefly Funhouse of the Melbourne pub scene. Actually, maybe don't do that. You can find us by searching for Cool Room Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, or just look for The Cool Room on whatever platform you get your podcasts through. Built is bigger than ever. Stronger than ever. Forever. Rocky Logan. Yo Logan. Show Logan. Yo, and Rocky, we about to make Rapungi 3K Transform and optimist so proper like bigger than gun down bodies so stopper like showing yo they hit the room the crowd blacked out can you feel the bone welcome back second segment of the show Rapongi 3k is the music that brings us back into the segment boys yeah a bit more rocky romero music yes and uh, that, was, that was a great interview really enjoyed that and we've got a few people we've got to thank for helping us get that together too haven't we 
We do, we do. Uh, Lyle, you had a thank you. Uh, yes, I had a thank you uh, for Brooke on Twitter for giving us a, the shout-out for when uh, Rocky asked for Australian podcasts. Uh, she uh, tagged us in. And, and thanks um, to Robbie Eagles as well for um, and, vouching yeah. for us. Yeah, obviously. And he also gave uh, us a shout-out, Tony, on his... Um, on his podcast, those were the days. Oh, did he? Fantastic. Well, you gave two of us a shout-out. Who didn't he? Lyle. He missed out on Lyle. What? Well, I think he forgot Lyle existed. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, Your shout-out wasn't that positive, though, Tony, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll cop that. Did he get Tony's name right? Unfortunately, he did. He did. Right. Tom Konecki. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, um, that was fantastic. Rocky Romero was uh, such a refreshing guy to talk to. Like, yeah. I could have probably talked to him for another hour, hour and a half. Yeah, comfortably. Oh, at least we'll, uh, we'll have to touch base with him um, later on. We said uh, we can. Road, yeah, he did. Sure. He said anytime. Definitely take him up on that offer. You betcha. Hey, uh, well, she, you were busy a little bit earlier on today. That gave Lyle and I the opportunity to catch up with Lucas Daniels, and we did. Here it is. All right, Lyle, gives us great pleasure to catch up with this man, the guy who held the longest reign of PCW's National Championship, an impressive 575 days he was champion. Lucas Daniels, g'day to you. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me back. No, no, thank you for coming on board. We are just talking about it before. It's been just over two years, I think, since we last spoke to you. Yeah, it's been quite some time. Lots has happened, hasn't it? There's no doubt about it. I think it might have actually been before before you won the... I was going to say, it might have been before you had the 575-day reign. Yeah, it was, actually. Uh, I think I wrestled... uh, The last time we spoke, I wrestled Stevie Philippe in Geelong. Yeah. um, and then I won the won the title. Would have been just a couple of months after that, off uh, off Stevie actually. So yeah, it's, it's the, been quite a while. We had a, had had a lot of stories to tell between then and now. It's been great. Uh, good things happen when you come on this podcast, mate. So we'll take a little bit of credit for that, Tony. Uh, just a little tiny bit, bit of credit. Just a little. Yeah, yeah. Not all five hundred odd days, that's for sure. What what's felt longer? The uh, the, the what what what's felt longer the uh, the COVID shutdown or the the title reign? Um, well, the title reign was pretty good, mate. I enjoyed the the entirety of that. Uh, I was I was counting the days day by day, watching that little number go up. So yeah, it was um it was really good. The the COVID thing, look, it's been a bit bit of an inconvenience, um, especially from a wrestling perspective. But um, it's only only a short time. We'll be back into it soon enough, I think. And an inconvenience for you personally, you're a gym owner, so obviously your business has been affected as well, which is a bugger. Yeah, I'm uh, unemployed for the first time in a long, long time. I, um, I've, I've literally been going through for 18 years without a break. So this is the first time away from the place that I've had, um, which is a bit weird because I'm so used to being out and about every day at the gym and coaching and, and seeing all my clients. But uh, at the moment, it's just me uh, training in my garage. and. Um, and looking after the dogs and the guinea pigs, <laughs> that's about it at the moment. That's interesting. Now, now, as a wrestler that's not wrestling every weekend or a couple of times a month, um, can you take a little bit of a positive out of the, the lockdown? You know, you can rest up some 
nagging injuries that you've been putting on the back burner for a while? Yeah, it's been really strange, actually, because we're, we're used to, you know, PCW run shows every single week. And um, it's been the strangest thing that we don't, I don't have to get ready every every Saturday for the show. I think um, the uh, the fake tan uh, producers will be wondering where all their, <laughs> why all the stock sitting on the shelves, all the, all the professional wrestlers out of work at the moment. Um, but yeah, me personally, I've had a, had a bit of a chance to, to rest up and, and let a couple of little niggles heal over. And, uh, I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty good. We've, um, we've been producing content still, but I haven't had to, um, get out there and take impact and uh, been able to recover a bit. It's been good. And the great news for those people that may not normally get out to a PCW show is that you can actually catch PCW Grand Slam, uh, which of course was just on just at the start of the, the COVID period. And that's going to air on Foxtel uh, on the Aurora channel from 7 o'clock on Wednesday, the 27th of May. And if you don't have Foxtel, you can stream it for free at aurora.tv. That's a fantastic get, Lucas, for the team. That's uh, really well done. Yeah, look, it's really exciting for the whole team, uh, um, especially rewarding for the guys behind the scenes that put together the shows. I know we've got the special director's cut that's coming on, the, on Aurora next week. So... Um, even the pe- people that have seen the show um, on the PCW network will get a, a slightly different view of things. They'll have a show that's um, got commentary, and we'll see a slightly different edit to what we've what we've seen in the past. And it's just a good reward for everyone involved to have the recognition of a, a national audience on Foxtel. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a real accomplishment for the company, and and it was an amazing show. And the last couple of years that we've done it, it's just been. Um, really rewarding for everyone involved at PCW. That's fantastic. Yeah, that, uh, just hats off to the PCW group for putting this together. It can bring, um, you know, Australia is a large country. We're all pretty separated by, uh, you know, large plane rides and stuff. So if this can attract some uh, Australian-wide fans towards the PCW streaming service and, and things like that, yeah, it's, it's an amazing achievement. The one thing that I'm, like, I'm, consider myself an ambassador for PCW. I am super proud of the company and, and I know how much hard work goes in behind the scenes, myself included. Um, and, and I think uh, like the production level that PCW has is second to absolutely none. Um, that's Australia wide. That's on a world scale. So being able to showcase that on a, on a, a platform like Foxtel and have people that wouldn't otherwise be able to see the product, be able to tune in and, and get exposure to it while we do things. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. PCW Grand Slam has been a big night for the uh, the company. Uh, it was a big night for you against Sammy Falcon back there in, in March. It was a pick-your-poison match. Can, can you tell us uh, what are we expecting to see? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was... Um, we had a, a really good, strong build-up between Sammy and I. Um, I've been sort of arguing with his group RB4K for months and months. Um, so we had a really strong build-up to that uh, to that match at Grand Slam and um, the picture poison match was a really really interesting stipulation in that um, it was you know we were had to, able to choose a weapon or something that we could use in the match um, and I went with the kendo stick and um, thinking that that was going to give me an advantage and Sammy went out of sort of thought out of the box and he actually chose his weapon to be another person which was uh, Aisha one of his teammates and and they were able to actually exploit the fact that they were using a two-on-one scenario uh, during the match. It was a really interesting sort of sort of way of telling that pick-your-poison story, I thought. 
Now, I would have thought that with your martial arts background, you might have gone with the nunchucks. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, uh, we had a match a couple of weeks earlier, and, um, and I was in a, in a bit of a situation, so I just reached under the ring and grabbed the first thing that I saw um, before I got my head punt kicked off uh, <laughs> and, and hit with another chair. So I went with the, the old kendo stick, Mr. Reliable, and, um, and that scared him off for the moment. But, uh, yeah, we had a bit of a rough night with the old kendo stick. No, it happens. <laughs> and, what, and what's it? And what's it like wrestling in front of such a large crowd like that? You know, it's you know some of the largest crowds in recent times have been PCW the last two years. What's what's it like walking out to an arena filled with you know a couple of thousand people? Well, it was um it was it was really strange for me because uh, last year's Grand Slam, I was actually meant to main event the show with uh, with Mark Cage. And we we're meant to have that TLC match, and uh, and then two weeks before the event, I actually tore my quad, so um, wasn't able to actually compete that night. So I went from last year being being involved and being just gutted for myself and gutted for Mark that we weren't able to have this match. Um, so it was like I was proud of the company, but disappointed personally. And then this year, I actually had an opportunity to to be involved in a, from a physical perspective, and uh, it was unbelievable. Like. I've been a wrestling fan since I was a little boy. For years and years, I've watched these guys come out in front of these ginormous crowds and, um, and to be able to have that feeling when you stand up in the corner on the turnbuckle and, and you stick your arm up and you've got a, a, literally a stadium full of people cheering for you and chanting your name, it's, uh, it's definitely, definitely something else and definitely something special. And um, the fact that everyone, all the boys and girls who got to, got to wrestle that night could experience it was, was really cool. Mate, I love what PCW are doing with their fans at the moment and reaching out to fans who might be struggling during this COVID-19 situation and through this crisis. And effectively, fans that are struggling can receive a call from a PCW wrestler, one of their favourite wrestlers, to have a bit of a chat and hopefully get them through the period. And at the moment, over 20 PCW wrestlers have made calls to over 100 fans. That is amazing stuff, mate. Well done. Thanks. I, um, I think PCW is, you know, given the way that we run the shows on a weekly basis and we've got some really loyal, really loyal fans, people that are in, in, in the front row every week. And, um, and it, it, for some of the fans, PCW is as big a part of their life as it is for us. So for us to be able to stay in touch and, and let them know that, you know, we're, we're all in this together and, and we, can, we can support each other and, and for the wrestlers to be able to reach out and have a chat and, um, and just if, if it brightens up their day when they're struggling because they can't get to the shows or they're missing a little bit of entertainment, um, it, um, it's really nice to be a part of that. You know, I, I spoke to one fellow and he was like, oh, I miss going and sitting with all the people that I sit with every yeah. week. And we, we catch up and it's a real social thing for them as well and they make, make their friends and, and get to know everyone. So it's just nice to be able to, to give back. And I know PCW is really proud of the way that we, we give back to the fans and, and the community, you know. No, that is amazing. I know. I know. Uh, Tony's been a little bit down lately. Is there any way you can pass on his phone number to Tricky to give him a call? Lift his spirits. <laughs> Tricky, I'll, I'll have a I'll have a chat to Tricky. He's, um, I'm not sure how good he is with uh, with the phone calls and text messages, but I'll I'll send him some uh, semaphore flag signals or some some smoke signals later on. So I'm to have pass on, just just pass on Tony's address. If he's no good with a phone, pass on the address. Uh, <laughs> Don't be more than happy with that. I'm more than happy just to speak to the scooter. No, it's not a scooter. 
is um is actually the the difference mobile has just been re- resurrected. I it is sure being rested, isn't it? We've, yeah, we've heard of that. Hey, mate. Also, yeah, we man. should mention too on the uh, the streaming service, PCW running uh, regular content, four weeks of PCW ignition without a live audience, and also weekly episodes of the wrestling show. Tell us about that. Well, for like I said, we've got our our fans that subscribe to the network, and 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 we have a responsibility to make sure that we've got got content going out every week and and these guys are getting getting what they pay for so um we we did the first four weeks worth of worth of wrestling shows with no audience and um we smashed through those tapings in in the matter of a couple of days and that was that was a really good process a little a little bit different from your normal shows but um but good to get some wrestling action and and now we've been we're making the wrestling show which is uh like a panel style show it's not in character it's just an opportunity to Talk about wrestling, have a bit of a laugh, and and the fans get to see see the guys and girls uh, out of character, just being themselves, having a bit of fun, and it's a bit of enter- it's been pretty entertaining. I'm enjoying watching them, um, and they've been a blast to make as well. But it's just a good opportunity to see people, you know, their own natural personalities come out, and it's uh, it's something a little bit different in Australian wrestling as well. I think. Has there been a discussion with management of PCW yet about what the future holds? When might we start a get a restart date? I think as as soon as we uh, as soon as we have an opportunity to come back and, and wrestle at some point, um, depending on the numbers in terms of gatherings and things yeah. like that, it's it's really going to be dependent on 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 how the government allow us to to move forward. But we're all chomping at the bit. We're all hanging to get going and and get wrestling. And I don't know the fans are getting busting to get back and watch. So as soon as we can make it happen, we will make it happen. Those ignition shows without crowd—that must have been weird for you guys. Uh, it was different. It was different. Um, we we did have um, did it in such a way that like the other talents that weren't actually involved in the matches and stuff were were in the crowd. So there was still a little bit of little bit of someone to perform to and work to, but it was definitely quiet. And uh, but it, it was an opportunity for us um, as a company with in terms of the production value. And and what and how we film the matches and take the matches um, and display the wrestling it was a, an opportunity to experiment with some new stuff there as well, which came out really nicely. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it was a good process. It was it was like making a TV show rather than a live wrestling show, you know. Yeah, good stuff. So, don't worry, I've been to a couple of wrestling shows with no fans. Well, <laughs> while there was no COVID nineteen <laughs> to worry about, so we've all been there. <laughs> Look, I don't want to be that guy, but we we had we had a few people. Um, we had the talent in the crowd, and and that was more than some other wrestling shows that I've I've seen as well. So, <laughs> hey, Lucas, thanks so much for your time, mate. Really do appreciate it. Once again, congratulations on the uh, the fan contact that you guys are having with those fans who might be struggling, and also congratulations on the deal of getting PCW Grand Slam on Foxtel. That's Wednesday, the twenty seventh of May. So next Wednesday from seven o'clock. And you can also stream it for free at aurora.tv if you don't have Foxtel. All the best, Lucas. We'll catch up within two and a half years, I guarantee you. Thanks very much, Bob. Appreciate it. That was Lucas Daniels here on the Turnbuckle. That was a, a lovely chat, Lyle. Well done. No, that was very good, mate. That was very good. Uh, yeah, apologies, Welshie, that I spoke so much. You couldn't get get a word in. But um, uh, Tony and I were just, well, we were, we were on fire, Tony. That was a purple patch for us. Oh, Lucas and I are old mates, so yeah. yeah Lucas Daniels, uh, one of the one of the um, actual legit guys in Australian <laughs> wrestling who yeah. um, 
if you're ever going to do a blood sport tournament in Australia, um, he'd be first or second picked with Jake Andrew Arthur to be in that tournament, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. No. And, and he's looking fit at the minute, Tony. Oh, is His he? home he... gym. Yeah, oh. I know. Well, he yeah, is a um, personal trainer. No, well, he's a gym yeah, owner yeah, and he's had yeah, to shut down yeah, the gym. So he's brought all the equipment home into his garage <laughs> and he's just he's got looking... his own gym in his garage. Is this part of the interview that you're recapping? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah well, a little which bit. you didn't yeah. hear, so we just did <laughs> so, so it's going to be on twice. That's awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, just um, double down on our jokes. Well, so you've got some, uh, some sad news. Uh, to what's Something's happened to a wrestler over in the States? Well, yeah. Um, Chad Gaspard, who was one half of the tag team crime time in WWE, um, is missing. In uh, He was swimming with his family in... Venice Beach and a rip dragged a whole lot of people out to sea and from all reports the lifeguards got to Shad and he pointed to his 10 year old son for him to be saved first and then a huge waves hit and he hasn't been seen since so thoughts are with all of his family and friends because it sounds like it's a no-win situation from here yeah yeah that's um, not good they they cancelled the search after a couple of hours. Just the weather got too rough, and oh, it was um, after he, a day, two days. They yeah, cancelled the search. Yeah, his, you know, his wife was still on the beach waiting for hours, and mm. yeah, it's horrible being in that that situation, and obviously putting his son first. You know, yeah. Um, if you're going to be remembered, do, it's, if you're going to be remembered for one act, um, and I mean, he will be remembered for his wrestling career and being quite successful, but his final act was to save the life of his son. And I think um, that'll be the way he'll want to be remembered, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, lovely, lovely thought. Uh, yeah, no, not good at all. Hey, guys, AEW Double or Nothing is on this weekend. Looking forward to that? Yeah, their pay-per-views have all been amazing. They only do the four a year, so um, I am confident that this will be another blow-away show. Will be interesting without the crowd to see how much that takes away from it, but the wrestling should be fantastic. Yeah, well, they got the blow off for the TNT Championship with um, Archer and Cody. They built that well. That tournament. Yeah, Tyson. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, Tyson. Mike Tyson. He might show up later in the AEW review later. Um, yeah, awarding the championship. You know, might have he might a, just an award it to himself. To yeah. Might just well, who's going to take it off? No one's going to argue, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, John Moxley. I'm going to eat your heart out. I'm going to eat your children. I hope, he, I hope he hears that, Tony. We're going to send that to him. Yeah, so there's some really good matches on there that I'm looking forward to, you know, and they're good timing for Australian. I do like that they do the Saturday pay-per-views. That's probably um, something I wish that their competitors would do because it is a time where we can watch it. We don't have to worry about work and whatnot. Actually, yeah. you've just, you've, you've just scared me because, and this is the God's honest truth. Tony, you scare last, me every time you talk. So in the last month, actually in the last month, we have had 103 listens from Las Vegas, which is where Mike Tyson lives. I could I'm be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh... He's a very rich man with a lot of downtime at the minute, Tony. He might well, be catching up not. on his Australian podcast. Well, it's definitely going to be one less listen from now on because I know Siegfried and Roy have not probably listened. Oh, that's true, yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of tigers. Yeah, exactly. Now, speaking of tigers, Lyle, I've got to say, I'm actually getting really ticked off with you continuing to do this podcast while you're lying on your bed, mate. Agreed. It is sick, perverted, and just downright wrong. I really don't know what your lovely wife sees in you. It's such a mismatch. You're not a sexy man, Lyle. It's similar to when Carmella was dating Big Cass or Jack Swagger <laughs> being married to wife Catalina. Ugly men, beautiful women. What do these ladies see in you guys? I actually think you've got an identity crisis going on here, Lyle. And the fact that you're wearing multicoloured pants and gyrating your hips while I'm saying this makes me feel that I'm looking at Rick Rude. He hasn't got Rick Rude's body, Tony. Hang on a minute. And you. Mate, what I'd like to say right now, for all the fat, sweaty, out-of-shape losers like you, Tony, pipe down while I take off my robe and I show the ladies what a real man looks like, mate. And there you go. You, you've got to finish, mate. That is, Rick Rude, that is Rick Rude down to a T. I'm worried about Unfortunately, you, he looks more like Otis. Actually, oh. there is a little bit of Otis there. If anyone is Otis on this podcast, Tony, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not even going to say it. Oh, mate, it's just uh, it's another another week, another bloody tantrum from you, mate. Quiet, Otis. That was Tony's tirade, not tantrum. Yeah. Uh, sound like another tantrum to me, mate. It's. I am getting sick of it, though. Yeah, honestly. And apologies I'm, to Big Cass. You're probably not as ugly as I. <laughs> no, thought. no, you don't oh, have I'm, to apologise. I'm really sick of it as well. Can we get you it's, sitting uh, at a table or something, please? I'm comfortable, Tony. Can you I'm turn your micro? Can you turn your camera off then? Well, then you wouldn't get to witness me in, more, in exactly. all my glory. Rocky Romero exactly. couldn't stand it. Yeah. Well, at least he waited until we're off air to mention. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Uh, dark side of the ring. Dark side of the ring. Uh, we're looking at Owen Hart this week. Yeah, the finale yeah. on uh, Wednesday night is, you know, the no, the Owen Hart story is tragic enough uh, as it is. And Martha Hart, uh, you know, the widow being on there, this is what the whole series is leading up to. So, yeah, really looking forward to it uh, Wednesday night. I'm told she comes off looking um, really good as well. Um, and WWE, not quite so much. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and she's been demonised a lot, Martha Hart, by a lot of people, including the Hart family. The Hart's, yeah. So um, she, um, I'm really interested to finally hear her her side of the story. Yeah, Ma- Martha was on the Talk Is Jericho podcast, and yes, she but comes I haven't across heard it. Amazing, amazing. She comes across amazing on that, and um, yeah, she goes into the the Hart. Strange. Family. Usually, Jericho gets best after and... we've had him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just on, just on the death of Owen Hart, and forgive me for not knowing this, but was there ever a cause of death pinned on anyone as to why the whole thing happened? Yeah, it was uh, inexperienced. The person that rigged the harness was inexperienced. Okay. Um, having and they wanted a quick Owen, descent instead of yeah, a nice, slow, yeah. safe descent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the, it was meant to do like a pratfall at the yeah. end coming into the ring, so it was a quick release and... He wasn't experienced himself, and he has a, a very large settlement uh, yeah. to the the widow. So, yeah, yeah. All right. 
Uh, PWA Coliseum has announced their first two competitors. We know one. Who's the second one? Well, we know both. Oh, we do yeah. because it's been announced. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Royce Chambers was the first announced and now Madison Eagles yeah. is the second announced. So um, it's shaping up already with only two competitors as a must-see tournament. Yeah, only only a few years ago, Tony Madison Eagles was rated one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing her in this tournament. We've already got tickets uh, to go up if it goes ahead on schedule. So it will be there live. For yeah, us. thanks, B Dog, for buying us tickets. As yes. we have, or just you two? Just uh, we got tickets bought for us. Oh, okay. You, oh, sorry, Tony, you broke up a little bit there. What was that? <laughs> I look forward to a tantrum next week. Did I, I don't even know if I got asked if I wanted to buy a ticket. Well, because we didn't buy the tickets. No, but you didn't even say, hey, Tony, we've had tickets bought for us. Would you like to buy one and come up? Well, we the didn't get asked either. Match. We just got told that they were bought. But you've known yeah. for a while that you had the tickets, yeah? For about a week, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Probably two. <laughs> no, there's an e-race that weekend, Tony. We know you're busy. They're still on uh, tail sale, Tony. But um, I still haven't been paid back for buying your tickets last time. What tickets? <laughs> the Coliseum. Did you buy that? Yes, I told you I bought it. Oh, just my presence was enough to of a payback for you. What about the accommodation, Lyle? Well, <laughs> I guess your presence was enough. <laughs> was pay enough. <laughs> Are we me. still on it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so forgive us, Tony, but once bitten, twice shy. <laughs> uh, no problems. Well, she. What are you going to cancel? Um, one of our guests from last week, Tony. Yes. Who? And I'm not, not canceling. Uh, no, I'm not. not I'm not canceling Ryan, Ryan Eagles. No. <laughs> the Undertaker. Yeah. What was wrong with him? Not so much the Undertaker, but more <laughs> his wardrobe. Uh, in this documentary series that he's got going, the number of times he's been dressed in what could be considered a racist or right-wing nutjob T-shirt is disturbing. <laughs> like, can, can Michelle McCool take him shopping? Obviously Something. not. Anything. Far out. Not. If you're the director and you're videoing him, Put a smock on him or something. There Don't let him sure, pick his own T-shirts. Surely they got some stock WWE merch laying around they can just exactly. throw on him. Put him there in goes, an Undertaker uh, T-shirt. There goes any more oh. WWE interviews that we're going to get. Either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm actually waiting for him to um, come out. Because yeah, there's still three episodes to go. I'm waiting for him to come out in a no-consent T-shirt. I think that'll be in the finale. Come on, you, jokes are meant to be funny. Yeah, exactly. I'd have to think about that one. Uh, AEW or NXT, what have you reviewed for us tonight? Uh, I've watched AEW this week. I haven't got across NXT. And we'd mentioned Mike Tyson is uh, awarding the championship. So obviously coming out on Dynamite uh, with a Tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pronouncing Tiger it. That, uh, well, probably got a few things in common with um, Mike Tyson, allegedly. Um, yeah, so he come out with his his tiger 
proclaiming he's the uh, Tiger King, and he's entered into the uh, the uh, that ladder match they're having. What's the casino ladder match they're having? They've yeah. got one more participant um, to be determined in it. It's a six or seven man. It's a little bit convoluted, a little bit old school um, TNA style of booking, Vince Russo era. So he's booked himself into that. Um, and that becomes a number one uh, contendership match. So good luck to see Mike Tyson uh, on Sunday during the pay-per-view. I, I need to who say you think too, really, Who do you think will really be in that match? I literally have no idea. <laughs> I reckon it'll be one of the WWE released guys, maybe. Yeah, well, maybe that's why they kept it there, just for... I'd like to see Rusev, if I'm Rusev, honest. Rusev's still under no compete, I think. But um, yeah. Drew Gulak's not. Well, he's went, ran all the way out. <laughs> so, and he, yeah. apparently he's still talking to WWE, so there's still not, like there's still a chance he goes back. But um, yeah. Yeah, imagine he turned up. Yeah, well, there was an offer on the table and he just wanted a little bit of a bump in a pay rise. Um, obviously, he got in late. For everyone else that got the pay rises a few months earlier before this hit. Um, Lai, why are you trending on Twitter? Uh, I wore pants to work for the first time in eight years today. No, so you I'm wore pants that... last week. You told me. Oh, that's right. Second time. Maybe it's from last week. Maybe news travels slow. Yeah. Uh, we're done. Great show. Well, Thanks, boys. So when's um, PCW on um, on Foxtel? Next Wednesday night, seven o'clock. So twenty uh, seventh. Yeah. Yep. So catch that on Aurora. On Aurora, or if you can't catch it on Foxtel, if you don't have it, you can go onto their website, Aurora.tv, and watch it there. Oh, that's good. I didn't know that. I'll watch it there. Yeah. That that way, Uncle Rupert doesn't get any fucking money. Exactly right. Oh, uh, boys, we we'll catch you next week. Maybe. All right. Maybe. We'll see how we go. We need to find a guest for next week. Lyle, are you working on something? Yeah, no, don't get Lyle to do oh. it. It'll never happen. Easy. Easy. No, I know he was working on something. Something big. Yeah, yeah something big. Hopefully that pans out with um, maybe there's a finale this week. So hopefully that pans out for next week. All right. Good luck. Right. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, talk soon. Bye. See you later, Thanks mate. for joining very, us, folks. Very, very goodbye. We hope to catch you next week right here on the Turnbuckle.